Blog Talk Radio.
Shalom, shalom, shalom. Layalat Hawag, which means good evening or good night in the ancient Paleo-Hebrew. I'm your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Tazapa. Welcome to another information-packed episode of Bible Talk. So I hope everybody is healthy. hope everybody uh, is good. I want to send shouts out to our affiliated schools, the brothers here in San Antonio under Awar Anar, also the brothers in VA under the brother Kazakia, the brothers in Rochester under the brother um, Zainala, uh, also the brothers down in H-Town under Kwasazak, uh, brothers and sisters in California and in Canada and in Albuquerque. And a uh, big shout out to your brother uh, Aish, man, and uh, all praises to the Most High. The brother has uh, put some things together. I, know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say so uh, as such, Mashaba, uh, but I'll just say he put some uh, wonderful things together uh, for the nation, man, for his people, for his passion. Uh, shout, big shout out to him. Uh, shout out to the brother Dalyad out there in uh, Albuquerque as well. And shout out to Kawakab down in Guatemala. It was your first time tuning in to the show. We are, in fact, in fact, through historical and biblical proofs, the people of the book, the Hebrew Israelites, those Negroids, uh, so-called Hispanics, so-called Native Americans that are scattered throughout all of the globe, uh, especially here in the uh, Western Hemisphere. We are the people of the book, the Israelites, the Hebrew Israelites, Hebrew being our uh, language, Israelite being our uh, nationality. Like I said, we are, in fact, the people of the book through historical and biblical proofs, man. And that is what we teach here at Bible Talk, um, and we prove this through uh, secular sources as well as biblical sources time and time again. We do beat, like Mashaba often refers to, the proverbial horse. Yes, we will keep drilling this information, uh, the same information on any different topic, down the throat of our listeners until our people get it into their head, man, that the Bible is not a book of religion, but is, in fact, a a book of history. And that's what I want to go over this evening. Uh, on Tuesdays, y'all, I do about an hour of current events, news, uh, my soapbox, yes, ma'am, and then I'll get into the to a class. Uh, but on Thursdays, FYI, and this is episode six, y'all, I do uh, the four two hours of just a topic, and the topics coming from different questions or different things that I might ponder. Or what's going on in the streets? Whatever's hot in the streets that people's talking about, man. So I started this class, this particular class, a couple of weeks back, um, History of the Gentiles. And this is part four. And what I want to deal with this evening is circumcision. Circumcision, man. The, the big head scratcher in the New Testament that tends to twist people up. Just about as much as the word Gentile, man. And this is why I wanted to do this class is because, first of all, people don't read the Bible. And 
I know I say this. When I say this, I do not mean this loosely. I mean people really don't read the Bible. And if they do, they don't have any edification of what they're reading. They don't have any comprehension. You know, it's like I always say, and what was drilled in our minds so much in school as uh, I was coming up, I don't know about so much now because the educational system is a joke, but it was drilled in our head all the time, very often, about reading comprehension. And now that I'm much older now, I can understand why reading comprehension was drilled in our head so much. Because if you're just reading just to get finished reading some, you don't understand what you read, so what was the purpose of you reading it in the first place? Well, a lot of our people, a lot of people in general are conditioned just to read for distance or read to say they accomplished something, and they don't understand nothing about what they read. The Bible's no different. The Bible's the same way. People will read the Bible. I've read the Bible cover to cover, and they still don't understand what the hell it's talking about. That's why the Scripture tells us. Matter of fact, I'm going to get this Scripture, but I am going to start off like I always start it off. Let's go to Nehemiah, y'all. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 8, and it reads, So they read in the book of the law of God, distinctly. What does it mean to read distinctly? Very carefully. That's what it means. Read the book carefully. Don't just brush through it, because a lot of times we read the Bible, we just be reading completely over stuff. Very important stuff, too, by the way. Very important thing that we just miss. We read right over it. But when you're reading distinctly, you're very careful and very methodical about your reading. Because the Bible is such a book to where you read one scripture, and it will lead you to another scripture. And that scripture will lead you to another scripture. That's why it says, through thy precepts, plural, I get understanding, not through just one precept, not through just one scripture am I going to understand what this scripture is saying. I have to put several other scriptures together so I can get understanding, and then that way I'm reading it in the context that it was written in, y'all. So let me read this again. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 8, and big shouts out to my favorite teacher, my my, my um my sensei <laughs> that showed me this scripture. And I remember when he showed it to me, I was like, wow, the Bible actually says this. <laughs> big shot, big, big shots out to Mashallah, man. Round of applause, man. Round of applause. <laughs> the Bible has very precise instructions, man. If we don't follow those instructions, we will never understand this book. Nehemiah 8 and 8. So they read in the book of the law of the law of God, which means very carefully, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. If you're not reading distinctly and you're not understanding it, how can you get somebody else to understand it? You see, the Bible is not a, 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 a sprint. 
It's a marathon. If I have to give the analogy to anything, I would give the analogy to a race. It is a definitely a marathon. And not one of those uh, 5K marathons either. I'm talking about, better yet, a triathlon. <laughs> a triathlon is where you do a little bit of running, you on the bike for some miles, and you swimming. <laughs> if I had to compare the Bible to any race, it would be a triathlon because that's what it is. You're going to do a little bit of everything. Just to understand, just to understand one scripture. Beautiful book, man. Beautiful book. Anyway, man, let me go ahead and get to it like I always do. Let's get Matthew chapter 6. And verse 9. Give me a minute, y'all. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, and it reads, After this manner, Therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we need to be sent up on the daily, y'all, so we could get the hell on. All right, so let's get uh, Psalm chapter 118, verse 24. And it reads, this is the day which the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good or bad, happy or sad. Most how about you to it, he'll bring you through it, and you'll come out better on the other side because of it, y'all. Please believe me. All right, y'all. So last week, we went over the definition of Gentile, man, and we are definitely going to do that today. We're going to do a little recap because, like I was saying, when you get to the New Testament, a lot of people get confused about the terminology that's being used, and they really don't distinctively read read about the Gentiles and know about the Gentiles. And when I say distinctly read about it, I'm talking about going back to the Old Testament, man, because you would have no new without the old. And then the Old Test, the New Testament, often quotes. The Old Testament. So the books are one and the same. The books are one and the same. All right, so anyway, let me stop talking. Let's get uh, the Zonovan Compact uh, Bible Dictionary, page 185, the definition of Gentile. And it reads, usually it means a non-Israelite people. Now, keep in mind it says usually. Which means what? Some of the time, it's not going to refer to a non-Israelite. I hope y'all understand this. Let me read the definition again. Gentile. Usually, it means a non-Israelite people. Usually. Which means sometimes, when you see the word Gentile, 
is not talking about a non-Israelite person. It's talking about an Israelite. I want us to understand that. Are there cases of Israelites being referred to as Gentiles in the New Testament? Absolutely. We went over this last week, but I'm recapping. Let's get Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and let's start at verse 15. And it reads, it says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, that's Christ talking to Israelites, saying if another Israelite, because that would be your brother, if, if, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of, of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, so you're supposed to go to him one-on-one, mano-mano, but if he won't listen, go get a witness, two or three, right? That's the second step. Now, this is the last step, 17. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. So the last step is to bring the whole congregation into it. But if he neglect to hear the church, so if he don't want to listen to the congregation, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. The word heathen is synonymous with the word Gentile. So can an Israelite be called a Gentile? Yes. We're reading it right here. Christ basically said, if this man don't want to listen, if he don't want to keep this law that I'm laying down, treat him like a Gentile. Treat him as a heathen. So that's one example of an Israelite being called a Gentile. Let's get another one. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, and let's start at uh, verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, <laughs> and this is what gets me, man. People will be deaf on the word Gentile, but they are read, read straight over terminology like the word brethren. When you see the word brother, it's talking about what? It's talking about kinship. We, we folks, we kinfolks. But they, they look completely over that. But it's all throughout the Bible. Verse 1 again. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> what did Paul say? He said, ye know that ye were Gentiles. What is he talking about? Y'all were Gentiles. How could somebody used to be a Gentile, but they ain't a Gentile no more? That don't even make sense. But why did he say that they were Gentiles? Listen to this. Carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. So this is Paul speaking to other Israelites, telling them that they were once pagan. They were once idolaters. Once but not no more. And this is why he called them Gentiles, because what, what are the Gentiles known for doing? 
Matter of fact, let's get that. I'm sorry, y'all. Let me get it. No, our coyote would be great if I had a reader. I know. She can see over here listening. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. But I say that the thing which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. So this is Paul talking about the Gentiles sacrifice unto devils. They sacrifice unto idols. So by the time we get to where we just came from, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, meaning these Israelites he's talking to, they used to be idolaters. That's what he's saying, because we already found out when we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20 that the Gentiles worshiped unto devils. So these are Israelites, he said, they used to be idolaters. Verse 2 again, ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye are led. So can an Israelite be called a Gentile or first was a Gentile? Yes. An Israelite can be referred to or called a Gentile. I hope everybody's saying this. All right, so with that understanding, let's get uh let's go to Ephesians now. Ephesians chapter two and we're going to start at verse 1, y'all. We don't do a lot of jumping. All right, so Ephesians chapter 2, and hold on, y'all. Verse 1, and it reads, And you have he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. We're going to find out who the you he's talking to in a, in a minute. That's <laughs> Yep, I'm going to do it. Let's give Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Now, it says, in my Bible, it says, the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. All right? So these epistles, they're called epistles. The word epistles means letter. So these letters that Paul would write, he would write in the opening of the letter, who who he was, and then he would go on to express who the letter was written to. All right, so we're going to get this in Ephesians because we're going to read it in context. All right, Ephesians 1 and 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, 
by the will of God to the saints. So Paul wrote the letter. He's telling you he's an apostle of Christ. So by the will of God, who is the letter addressed to? To the saints, which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Jesus Christ. So who did Paul write the letter to, y'all? To the saints. Now, you might be, like, ignorant of who the saints are. So let's use the Bible to break down the Bible to find out who these saints are Paul is talking about. Now, for, in order to do this, we got to go to the Old Testament. See how the Bible is a puzzle, y'all? Psalm chapter 148. And verse 14. Now, we don't we don't be coming back here. <laughs> Let y'all know, man. If I need to get a, a bookmark for this right here, anyway. Psalms one forty eight verse fourteen. He also exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints. You see it, the praise of all his saints. But who are the saints? Even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord. So we find out here in Psalms one forty eight verse 14, that the saints or the Israelites, God's chosen people. So who is Paul writing to in Ephesians? Who are the Ephesians he was writing to? Let's go back there, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, he wrote the letter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints. Once again, who are these saints? According to Psalms chapter 148, verse 14, the saints or the Israelites. So to the Israelites, which are at Ephesus. So he had Israelites that were living in Ephesus, a Roman providence, and to the faithful in Jesus Christ. These Israelites who were living in Ephesus believed in Christ. All right, that's very important because there were a lot of Israelites that didn't, and we're going to get to that also. Now, let's jump over to Ephesians chapter 2, since we know who he's talking to. Because this is a whole letter. We might look at it and view it as a book, but it's a whole letter. We already got to open the letter who he's talking to. Now let's get more in detail about what he's talking about in chapter 2. All right, here we go. And you have he quickened. The you is who? The saints, which are the Israelites, who were dead in trespasses and sin. So you find out that the Israelites were once upon a time dead in trespassing and sin. And you remember Paul also said that the wages of sin was what? Was death. So this is what he's talking about. All right, reading on, verse 2. Wherein, in times past, ye walked according to the course of this world. And let me stop here, too. Y'all, let me clarify, clarify some things. So you can only be a sinner if you were given the law. I want us to understand this is very important, too. Matter of fact, let's get it. I'm trying to make this clear, y'all. Let's get First John chapter three and verse four. Whosoever committed sin transgress also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. All right. Sin is breaking the law, but what law? The law that God gave the Israelites. Psalm chapter one forty-seven, verse nineteen. He showed his word unto Jacob. His statutes and his judgments unto Israel. So 
his word, his statutes, that's the law. The judgment is penalty for breaking the law. He showed that to Israel. He had not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise you, the Lord. So the Israelites were the only nation that ever got law, that got God's laws, right? That ever got the commandments. And once again, you cannot be a sinner if you never had the law and you broke it, okay? There is no other kind of way you could be a sinner. You have to be an Israelite that was given the law. The law was expressively given to you and your nation, and you broke that law. That's what made you a sinner or makes you a sinner. I hope we understand this. Contrary to what religion teaches, religion teaches us what? Sin is a bad feeling. Sin is not doing the right thing. No, we just we just read what sin is. First John chapter three verse four. Sin is the breaking of the law. Who were the only people that ever got the law? The Israelites. All right? I want us to understand this. So this is who Paul's talking to. Ephesians chapter two, verse one again. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Who are the children of disobedience? The Israelites. We disobeyed the Most High. And this is why we ended up in the captivities that I've covered in this class, going back to the Assyrian captivity, the Babylonian captivity, the Persian Mede captivity, the Greek captivity, and during the time of Christ and the apostles, and Paul as well, the Roman captivity. I want us to understand this. So those, the Israelites are the children of disobedience, breaking the law. Now, let's jump down to verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles. I hope you heard that. I'm going to read it again. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye, the Israelites, being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand. What the hell is Paul talking about right here? <laughs> he said that these group of Israelites were in the past called Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised. So they were called Gentiles because they were what? Uncircumcised. So we already find out, found out that you had a group of Israelites that were practicing idolatry. And because they were practicing idolatry, this made them Gentiles. All right? And we find out also that he had another group of Israelites, or the same Israelites, who were uncircumcised. And this also made them what? Gentiles. I hope everybody's seeing this. Why is the circumcision so important? Let's get this. We're going to hold Ephesians, and now we're going to go to Genesis chapter 17. Let's go to our forefathers. Abraham, 
And let's get why. Circumcision was so important to the Israelites. So Genesis chapter 17, and we're going to start at verse 10. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. Now, this is the Most High speaking to Abraham. At this time, yes, his name was Abram, Abraham already. Or Abram had not been changed yet. So he was speaking to our forefathers, telling him that he's going to make a covenant with him, and he said, with thy seed. Not seeds. Seed. This is very important because Abraham had a couple seeds. <laughs> Remember, his first seed would be his first son, Ishmael, right? That Hagar uh, birthed him. But then he had Isaac. But then even after Isaac, he had, I think, maybe three or four sons by uh, his concubine, Keturah. So he had a lot of kids, specifically boy kids, male childs. But the Most High is telling him, read this again, Genesis 17, verse 10. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you, and thy seed after thee. So this is the covenant that's going to go to one particular seed, one particular son of Abraham, not all of them. All right? And we're going to find out that all of them did benefit benefit from it, but that was not who the Most High was going to be working with directly. So let me read this again. Genesis 17, 10. This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. So every man child was going to be circumcised. This included who? Ishmael, which would be who? The father of the Arabs, the progenitor of the Arabs. They daddy. So are Arabs circumcised? Yes, they are. And it's crazy. When I was looking this up, it was talking about nations that practice circumcision, right? And it mentioned the Egyptians. It said they, it went so far as to say that the Egyptians had practiced circumcision before Abraham's time. <laughs> the reason I say it's funny is because we know that, and we read it out of the Bible, this was the most high given Abraham circumcision right here. And then, too, we know that Hagar, or Hagar, was an Egyptian. So if the Egyptians were circumcised, where the hell did they get it from? They got it from Abraham. Well, you might say, well, how did they get it from Abraham, Because remember, Hagar was an Egyptian. And apparently, she was doing a lot of kissing and telling. So she had to go back and tell the Egyptians, <laughs> what Abraham Peter looked like <laughs> in order for them to copy his style. <laughs> she had to be, she had to go and snitch and tell them what a beautiful ride Abraham had. <laughs> How else could they have known about circumcision? Because like I said, we're reading it here in Genesis, the 17th chapter before Abraham even uh, running to the Egyptians 
anyway, this is a little side note, man. It, it just kills me how certain historians will fabricate history in order to suit suit their agenda, to suit their purpose, man. Anyway, going back to Genesis 17 and 10, it says, This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you, and I seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. So was circumcision the actual covenant? No, it was not the actual covenant. Meaning, like, let's say you meet a young lady in the world. I'm speaking from a worldly perspective. You meet a young lady in the world, and you say, hey, man, I'm feeling you, I'm digging you. Let's get married. You go, you buy this expensive ring. You've been working triple overtime, your three jobs, to afford this $15,000 ring you're going to give her, this engagement ring. And you put it on her finger. You get down on one knee like a stamp. You put it on her finger. You put a ring on it. This is a token of y'all marriage, of what she means to you. This is the promise that you're making with her that, hey, man, we're going to be together. Until we get divorced. <laughs> like I said, I'm talking from a worldly perspective. So this is what the circumcision was for us, token of the contract that we were going to enter into between us and the Most High. So reading on, verse 12. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generation, he that is born in the house or Bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. So Abraham, I don't know if y'all knew this, Abraham had servants. Go back and read, y'all. you remember when Lot was took kidnapped? And uh, Abraham, it says Abraham had armed his trained servants, and they went and, and destroyed all those nations. They, they call it a massacre in the Bible. Not one, not, Abraham didn't lose not one servant, and they rescued Lot. Abraham had servants so this, What this is saying is that all his servants They had to be circumcised Because they were his property I hope y'all understand This is why I said Let me read it again verse 12 And he that is eight days old Shall be circumcised among you Every man child in your generation So this is talking about kinfolk Abraham's lineage right? But then it says He that is born in the house Or bought with money what would you buy with money during this time? You would buy actual people, slaves, servants, or any stranger which is not of thy seed. Anybody that, that came and say, hey, I want to work for you, okay, you got to be circumcised. You're my property. You're working for me. Verse 13, he that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. So every man child had to be circumcised. That was just the law that the Most High gave Abraham, now listen to this. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Once again, verse 11 said it was a token of the covenant, not the actual covenant. All right, I want us to remember that. Verse 14. And the uncircumcised man child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, so shall be cut off from his people. He had broken my covenant. So now you can understand 
Why in the New Testament, Paul and them was going nuts when, not Paul, but uh, the Pharisees and other Israelites was going nuts when they ran across other Israelites who were not circumcised because they knew this scripture that you was going to be cut off from your people because you were not circumcised. I want us to understand this. This is very important as it pertains to the New Testament. Now, I did make a bold statement that the covenant, the actual contract, was not with all of Abraham's sons. It was only with one particular son. Now, let's get to it. So we're going to stay in Genesis, the 17th chapter. And let's read, uh, let's just read on down. Verse 15, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Like, man, look, I'm not going to have no other son. He laughed at me. <laughs> I'm not going to have no other son. So why don't you just deal with Ishmael? This is what Abraham is saying to the Most High. But listen to what the Most High comes back to tell me. Verse 19. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. Now listen to this part. This is very important, y'all. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Why is this so important? Because, like I said, Abraham had many children. And this particular point, he only had Ishmael. But he's letting, the Most High is letting Abraham know that he's only going to go into a contract. That's what the word covenant means. With Isaac, not the rest of Abraham's sons. And how long was this contract going to last? Forever. Forever. And it says it was going to extend down into Isaac's seed. Now, who would be Isaac's seed? So Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. And those 12 sons was this contract, this covenant extended down to. I want us to understand this. All right, only the Israelites. So let me go to Leviticus chapter 12 now. And let's get verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, If a woman have, have conceived a seed and born a man child, then she shall be unclean seven days. According to the days of the separation for her infirmity, shall she be unclean. But who is he speaking to? This is Moses speaking to who? The children of Israel. Remember, their lineage goes all the way back to Abraham and who the Most High gave the covenant to. Abraham's son Isaac. And the covenant was extended down to his son Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. But he that had those he had those twelve sons, and his twelve sons. Got this covenant. It was right 
years. Verse 3. And in the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Y'all see this? Everything I just said in a nutshell. All right, now let's go back to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 2. I don't know why I got three in my notes. Let me see what this is. Hold on. Mm, yeah, it's two. I'm tripping. All right, correct y'all notes. Philippians chapter 2, verse uh, 1 again, y'all. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, and it reads, and you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to, matter of fact, I didn't want that. I wanted verse 11. Let's go straight to the point. Philippians chapter, ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was, we were in Ephesians, so it is something. In, I'm sorry, I got my notes all over the place. Let's go to Philippians 2. What did I say at first? I said one, right? Let's see what's in one. I got it in my notes. Hold on, y'all. I don't know why I had that in my notes. I'm sorry, y'all. Scratch that out. Let's go back to uh, where we were in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2. And, yeah, let's pick up the verse 11. Yep. Uh, Ephesians 2 and 11. Sorry about this, y'all. Wherefore, remember that ye were in times past Gentiles in the flesh. So he's talking to Israelites that used to be uncircumcised, or that are still are <laughs> circumcised, as you're going to find out, or uncircumcised. So let me read it again. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. So when it says by that which is called circumcision, so you had Israelites that were circumcised, that grew up being circumcised, and they were calling these other Israelites uncircumcision or uncircumcised, which would qualify them to be Gentiles, right? But Gentiles in the state of mind and the fact that they were uncircumcised and they were idolaters. So this is what Paul is talking about right here. Now, let's clear some, let's go back in history and clear some stuff up also. So why were these Israelites uncircumcised? Let's go to First Maccabees now. Let's find out why these Israelites are uncircumcised. So, y'all, the Bible is full of history, and I'm going to bring the history of it out. And if, it, if it's one thing that bothers me when uh, people start on this Gentile stuff is when we bring history out, when I say we, I'm talking about the Israelites, when we bring history out, they act as though history does not matter. They act as though the Old Testament and the Apocrypha is irrelevant. And 
I would ask those same people, is American history irrelevant? Huh? Is the preamble, the Declaration of Independence, this is all history. Who, that America, these things, these documents, Americans still follow to this day. Their country was founded on these supposed principles. But ain't that history? But y'all will adhere to that. Y'all will go back and revisit that. But we bring out the history of the Bible and, oh, no, it's irrelevant. Oh, it don't matter. How is that? How How is in history, in your history school, they teach what? The the War of Independence. Ain't that history? Matter of fact, they just celebrated that, what, last month, July. Fourth of July. The eight, that's history. But yet it's still, centuries later, it's still celebrated. But y'all want to say that the history of the Bible don't matter? Hell, they still celebrating what's coming up next month. The bombing, the supposed bombing of the World Trade Center, uh, the two towers, the Twin Towers, September 11th. Ain't that history? But somehow the history of the Bible is irrelevant. You, I hope y'all can see the agenda that they be trying to push. They're pushing religion. They're pushing things from their perspective, trying to get you to trying to they trying to get you to think what they believe, man. Instead of sticking to the facts, so we have to stick to the facts. So let's get some history and let's find out why these Israelites were uncircumcised. First Maccabees chapter 1. And I'm going to start at verse 11. In those days went there out. Matter of fact, I got to read up. So, let me, I'm going to jump. So, this is First uh, Maccabees chapter 1. And it happened. After that, Alexander, son of Philip, the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Chisholm, had smitten. Darius, king of Persia and Medes, that he reigned in his seed the first over Greece. So this is Alexander coming into power around 333 B.C., man. And what Alexander ushered in under his reign of power was what's known as Hellenization. Hellenization is when you would Hellenize a people. The word Helen basically is synonymous with the word Greek. Everything led to Greek culture. Matter of fact, let me get it. So let's go to the Zona Man. And let's look up the word Hellenist, man. We're going to definitely read more Maccabees, but I want to get this right here, too, so we can understand what's going on during the time of Alexander. It's important. All right. Like I said, during the time of Alexander, Alexander ushered in what's known as Hellenism or Hellenization. So I put it up out of the Zonovan Compact Bible Dictionary, page 223, and it reads, Hellenists. It says, Jews who made Greek their tongue and with it often adopted Greek ideas and practices. So the whole world was Hellenized, but specifically the Jews because we're reading about the Jews, we're reading about the Israelites, so we have to deal with the Israelites. They were also called Hellenists. And the Hellenization was over the whole world, all the dark races that Alexander, the Red Edomite, had conquered. 
All right? He Hellenized everybody, but specifically our people. So this is what he ushered in. Now, let's jump to uh, verse 10 of the same book, 1 Maccabees chapter 1, verse 10. And there came out of them a wicked root. The them is talking about Alexander's four generals. After Alexander's death, they split his kingdom up. Each took a realm. And now it's talking about uh, somebody that came out of one of those roots or one of those branches. It says, verse 10, and there came out of them a wicked root, Antiochus, surnamed Epiphanes, son of Antiochus the king, who had been in hostage at Rome. And I believe this was Antiochus the fourth, y'all. I did an extensive class dealing with this. So this is talking about his lineage, and Antiochus is, was from the Seleucid dynasty, y'all. You can re- read this on your own time. It's all history. Antiochus was from the Seleucid dynasty. All right, it says, son of Antiochus the king, who had been in ho- a hostage at Rome, and he reigned in the 130 and 17 year of the kingdom of the Greeks. All right? So under his reign, he basically, because Alexander ushered in Hellenization, but he didn't enforce it. What Antiochus Epiphanes did was he enforced it. He made it so you had to practice being a Hellenist. You had to practice Greek culture. Now, I said that this dude was held hostage at Rome. The Romans, the Greeks and the Romans, they fought against each other. I know they're the same people. That's why it's called the Greco-Roman Empire. They're the same people, but they had many wars against each other. For power. So what the Romans did, what the Romans did, was they held Antiochus Epiphany hostage at Rome. And what they would do was, when you had a hostage in this day and time, or back in those days and times, you would help hold them, but you wouldn't treat them like a prisoner. They would live good, but you would just hold them so that the your enemy could pay you the tribute money that they owe you for losing the war. <laughs> Because that's basically what they did. The Greeks owed it owed the Romans money from losing from losing the war, and to make sure they paid up, they would take a hostage, and they would switch this hostage out. I believe like every five years or something like that. Because uh, Antiochus' brother ended up swapping him out for his son. This is how he got out of the out of uh, the Roman prison or being held hostage at Rome. Anyway, reading on it says. It's the part I want to get to, y'all. In those days went there out of Israel wicked men. So you had wicked men from our nation, the Israelite nation, that went to Antiochus and said, and read on, it says, who persuaded many. So they, these Israelites persuaded many other Israelites, saying, let us go and make a covenant or a contract with the heathen. The word heathen means Gentile or nation, y'all. And which heathen or Gentiles were uh, they talking about right here? They were talking about the Greeks. So they wanted to make, Israelites wanted to make a contract with the Greeks that are round about us, for since we departed from them, we have had much sorrow. So this device pleased them well. Then certain of the people were so forward, were in, or herein, that they went to the king who gave them a license to do after the ordinance of the heathen. So they went to Antiochus, and Antiochus said, okay, y'all can be like us. 
So it says, who gave them ordinance to do of the heathen. So he gave them permission. Now listen to what they wanted to do, verse 14. Whereupon they built a place of exercise. This day and age is known as a gym or a gymnasium. This comes from the Greek word gymnos, which means naked. And when you go to the gym, even to the, even this day and time, that spirit is still there. You see people wearing little to nothing in the gym. All right? And we're going to find out how these Greeks used to operate in the gym. Verse 14, whereupon they built a place of exercise at Jerusalem. So this was in our homeland. According to the custom of the heathen. So we started operating like the nations. We built the gymnasium. It says, and made themselves, listen to this, y'all, uncircumcised. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Wrong button. I know it's late. <laughs> so it says, I'm reading it in verse 15. And made themselves uncircumcised and forsook the holy covenant. Whoa. What, did we just read about the contract that the Most High made between us and him? And circumcision being a token of it? So you had Israelites that broke the contract of the Most High by uncircumcising themselves, and then they broke the contract. It said, oh. We ain't going to follow the law, statutes, and commandments no more. It says, and forsook the Holy Covenant and joined themselves to the heathen. So you had Israelites joining themselves to which, which heathens in particular? At this time, the Greeks, and were sold to do mischief. I hope you all see that. Now, let's jump down to verse 43. Because you, you might say, well, Tarzan, that was just those Israelites there. It was, it was only them. That's who it affected. Watch this. Verse 43. Yea, many also of the Israelites consented to his religion. Whose religion? Antiochus Epiphany. They became pagans or idolaters. This is what Paul was talking about in the New Testament when he said that the things which the Gentiles sacrificed, they sacrificed to devils. We know, yea, many of many also of the Israelites consented to his religion and, and sacrificed unto idols and profaned the Sabbath. For the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and to the cities of Judah that they should follow the strange laws of the land. Hope y'all see this. And forbid burnt. So what the king forbid? What did he outlaw? The sacrifice of the Most High? It says, and sacrifices and drink offerings in the temple, and that they should profane the Sabbath and festival days. So he didn't want us to keep Sabbath. He didn't want us to keep high holy days of the Most High. And listen to this. And pollute the sanctuary and holy people. Set up altars and groves and, and uh, chapels of idols and sacrifice wine flesh and unclean beasts. Now, we know, according to Leviticus chapter 11, the dietary law forbids us to even eat swan's flesh. So why the hell would we be sacrificing it? Remember, these Israelites turned their back on the Most High, on the law, statutes, and commandments. They became just like the Gentiles. 
hope y'all seeing this, verse 48, that they should also leave their children, and listen to this, I'm going to read it again, verse 48, these Israelites, that they should also leave their children uncircumcised. So if they're uncircumcising their kids, what they kids going to do? They're going to uncircumcise their kids or not circumcise their kids. So this will go on from generation to generation. I'm going to read this again, verse 48. That they should also leave their children uncircumcised and make their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and profanation to the end that they might forget the law. The law of what? Circumcision. And change all the ordinances. Meaning they're gonna stop being in order with the most high. They're gonna break they're gonna break all laws. They didn't just break some laws, they broke all of them. But in particular, which law we're talking about, we're we're discussing, Paul's discussing, circumcision. So this is why those Israels, I'm sorry, those Israelites in Ephesians were uncircumcised, y'all. I hope everybody's seeing this. Now, from the Wikipedia timeline, let's go there real quick, y'all. I want to show y'all this. We're going to go all the way down to uh, 175. So this is from the Jerusalem timeline on Wikipedia. Y'all can check it out yourself. 175 BCE. Antiochus IV Epiphany succeeds his father and becomes king of the Seleucid Empire. He accelerates Seleucid, he accelerates Seleucid, Seleucid efforts to eradicate the Jewish religion by forcing the Jewish high priest Onias III to step down in favor of his brother Jason. We're going to get that too. Who was replaced by Menelusus three years later. He outlawed Sabbath and circumcision. Sacks Jerusalem and erects an altar to Zeus in the second temple after plundering it. So this is all the stuff that Antiochus Epiphany did. Now I wanted to get a secular source so y'all can see how it matches up with the Bible. So this happened around 175 BCE. Now, Paul's ministry, y'all, starts in about 46 AD. Paul ministry, his ministry starts around 46 AD. Now, I want y'all to do some math. Michelle, help me out, please. You still on here. From 175 BCE to the start of Paul's ministry, 46 AD is approximately how many years? It's approximately how many years? You over there with that big brain? I know you could Mashaba, you got me out? Or anybody? So from 175 B.C. to, to I'm sorry, yeah, 175 B.C. to 46 A.D. Mashaba got it. The water, I, that's approximately 
221 years, y'all. Why is this so significant? Because for 221 years, the Israelite kids were not being circumcised. They were not being circumcised. They grew up just like Greeks. Man, we got the math teacher in the building, y'all. Got some rod sending it in. 221. 221 years, man. That's a long damn time. That's two centuries, over two centuries. Two, 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 almost two and a quarter. For 221 years, you had Israelites that was not circumcising themselves, man. So you ask, why, why was circumcision such a big deal in the New Testament? This is why. I hope everybody's seeing this, man. Let me get this. Hold on. Um, where is that from? Oxford. It's Oxford, man. It's Oxford, man. It's Oxford. Come on, man. Hold on, y'all. I'm looking for it. Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. So, y'all, this is from um, Oxford Academy. It says, Chapter 2, Uncircumcised and Circumcised Gentiles in the Hebrew Bible. I want y'all to listen to this. It says, abstract, chapter 2 builds upon the conclusion of chapter 1, arguing that no passage in the Hebrew Bible suggests that non-Israelites can become Israelites through circumcision. Meaning what? Other nations couldn't get circumcised and just become Israelites. And I had to pull this out, man, because you got these idiots talking about people who are now spiritual Israelites. This might give you the thought process that anybody could be an Israelite. No, you have to be an Israelite by birth. Even if you are another nation and you got circumcised, that still would not qualify you to be an Israelite. I hope y'all understanding this. Why is this so important? Because now you know damn well Paul is not talking to other nations in the New Testament. How could he? It would make no sense. Paul's telling these people to become Israelites like him. Because remember Paul said, be as I am. Be a follower of Christ as I am. Then Paul tells you in countless chapters who salvation is for. Go back and read Romans chapter 9, please. He said, according to the flesh. 
I'm going to read this again. It says, chapter 2 builds upon the conclusion of chapter 1, arguing that no passage, no passage in the Hebrew Bible suggests that a non-Israelite can become Israelite through circumcision. Now let's go to Acts. We're going back to Ephesians. We sure is. Matter of fact, let's go to go back to Ephesians real quick. And let's read Ephesians with some understanding now. Ephesians 2 and 11. Wherefore remember that ye were in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh by hand. Who is he talking to? He's talking to these Israelites that didn't get circumcised, that grew up like Greeks, they grew up like Romans. They were not circumcised. So you have circumcised Israelites calling them uncircumcised, calling them Gentiles. Hope y'all seeing this. Now let's go to Acts. Let's get Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, we're going to start at verse, um, start at verse 1. Then came he to the debris and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. But he is talking about Paul. This is when he meets Timothy, Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish, meaning what? She was an Israelite, and believed. Not just the Israelite, but the Israelite that believes in Christ. That's why I said and believe. Now listen to this. But his father was a Greek. Why would it say that Timothy's father was a Greek? Because he was not circumcised like the rest of the Israelites, and he grew up like a Greek. Marino. Verse 2, which was well reported by the brethren. So all the brothers knew this, that this dude was rolling like a Greek. That were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with, him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters. For they knew all that his father was a Greek. So why was Timothy not circumcised? Because Timothy's daddy was circumcised. Because Timothy's daddy grew up like who? Like the Greeks. I hope everybody is seeing this. Let's go to Maccabees chapter 4 now. Oh, good. I got to read it now. Nice to join us, man. Maccabees chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 7, y'all. Which Maccabees? Uh, second Maccabees. Second Maccabees chapter 4, verse 7. Second Maccabees chapter 4 and verse 7. But after the death of Seleucus, when Antiochus called Epiphanes, took the kingdom. Now, we already talked about this. So this is a, a, a basically a recap 
of Mac, Second Maccabees, uh, I'm sorry, First Maccabees, chapter one. She's talking about the same events. Read it again. But after the death of Seleucus, when Antiochus called Epiphanes took the kingdom, Jason, the brother of Onias, labored underhand to be high priest. And we read that in the uh, Jerusalem timeline off the Wikipedia. Read. Promising unto the king by intercession. 303 score talents of silver, and of another revenue, 80 talents. Now, this is Jason who was an Israelite, all right? His brother, Onias, Onias was a righteous brother. He was a righteous man, but his brother was wicked as hell. We're going to read about him. Read. Besides this, he promised to assign 150 more if he might have license to set him up a place for exercise. So he paid. He paid the king in order for the Israelites to open up a gymnasium. He paid. You know, it's like it tells us in Ezekiel. It says that whores pay her lovers. Well, whores get paid by their lovers, but it says that we pay our lovers. The Most High also said in the same chapter, I believe, that we have a whore's forehead, meaning we got a whole mind. We have whole tendencies. So this was us pouring ourselves out to the Greeks. Read it again. Besides this, he promised to assign 150 more, and if he might have license to set him up a place for exercise and for the training up of youth in the fashions of the heathen and to write them of Jerusalem by the name of Antiochus. Now, there's two things I want to deal with right here. He says the training up of the youth in the fashion of the heathen. So he was training young Israelites, young Israelite brothers, on how to be Greek. Greeks. This the heathen in question is the Greeks. That's what we're talking about. So you had this Israelite brother showing our little brothers how to be Greeks. Does this sound familiar, y'all? They have an organization right now that's called the Young Men's Christian Society Association. <laughs> it was originally started to teach people from different nations, how to be American. <laughs> this is nothing new, man. There's nothing new under the sun. They're still doing this to this day. And it says, and to write them of Jerusalem by the name of Antiochians. Does this sound familiar? Because what was this dude's name? Antiochus Epiphanes. And remember, he was not the first one. This was a dynasty. It was a couple of them Antiochus cats. People that even came out to him were named Antiochus. But you have these Israelites wanting to be known as Antiochians. You know the city Antioch, which is named after Antiochus Epiphanes? Church on the east side of San Antonio. This nonsense still goes on to this day. So, yeah, Israelites calling themselves Antiochians, no different than you had Israelites calling themselves what? Ephesians. This is why Paul wrote to them. Ephesians, Ephesus was a Roman providence. No different than you had Israelites calling themselves what? Corinthians. You had Israelites calling themselves what? Romans. I hope everybody is seeing this. These Israelites wanted to be called Antiochians, not Israelites, but Antiochians, Greeks. Please read on now. 
which when the king had granted and he had gotten into his hand the rule, he forthwith brought his own nation to the Greekish fashion. So this Israelite brought all the other Israelites, the young Israelite brothers, to be like the Greeks. Y'all see how this this was meant to be perpetual? This was meant to go on from generation to generation? So now we can understand why Timothy's father was called a Greek because he was apparently one of these cats right here. And he brought his son up the same way. That's why Timothy was uncircumcised. I hope everybody understanding this. Read. Verse 11. And the royal privileges granted of special favor to the Jews by the means of John the father of Eupolemus, who went ambassador to Rome for amity and aid. He took away and putting down the government were according to the law. They stopped keeping the law, read. He brought up new customs against the law. New stuff against the law. They were going contrary to the commandments the Most High gave to the Israelites. And how long did this stuff take? keep going on for? 221 years till we get to the time of Paul in 46 A.D. That's a long time, y'all. That's a long time for a people's culture to be watered down and done away with. Hell, look at us in the States. How far we got to go back and try to trace our roots because our culture and heritage has been erased. We've been indoctrinated. Go back and do some research on the Indian boarding schools. They tell you the slogan was to uh, kill the Indian, save the man. There's nothing new under the sun, man. Read. For he built gladly a place of exercise under the tower itself and brought the chief young men under his subjection. So it wasn't just young men in general. It was chief young men who came from prominent families. Read. And made them wear a hat. They made them wear what? A hat. Now, I covered this also. This hat is known of known as the hat that uh, the god Hermes wears. You know the fashion line, Hermes wow, or whatever Hermes. it is? Yeah. The high-end luxury line. The high-end luxury line. Wow. That's, that's named after a god. Go back and look at uh, Flash. Y'all know those wings that he's got on the, on the side of his uh, little costume? Go back and look at it. Before the, the wings, he actually wore a hat that had wings on the side of it. That's the hat of Hermes. Hold on, shall we just start? Send me something. 2023. Hold on, so where are you going with this? Explain, please, I. My mind's somewhere else. Come on, come on real quick, I, and, and break this down. If you could, please, sir. No, my bad, I just real quick, is that. If we if we take the year 2023, which is today, and we go back 2021 years, that would be 1802. Mm. So if we think about what was going on in 1802 compared to what's happening in the year 2023, to compare what was going on with when they first started this with the Greeks and Israelites was, was going with the uncircumcision or whatever, this is trying, trying to help give a, that type of a, 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 a visual 
Says, look how look how watered down we have gone. How, how much we've lost, going all the way back to 1802. Imagine then going about going back to the time of Paul and the Israelites at this time. That that's the only comparison I was trying to show. That that was it. I'm trying to trying to figure up nowhere. Con, a great comparison, bro. Look how much we've lost. And I like how you bring that out because now we can put some reality to it instead of it just being on some on a on a piece of paper and some words. We we can put reality through it through what we've been through and what we've experienced. Hell, they're trying to write us out of history books. So how much more is our history and culture going to be lost now? Because you write us out of the history books, then now Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 68 becomes irrelevant because you can't prove the slave trade ever, slave trade ever happened because they wrote it out of the damn history book. Kind of, so so as, much as, we still had, as much as we still had slavery, we were still in the deep because the Emancipation Proclamation didn't come for a whole another what fifty eight years, so we're talking about right. being that that entrenched, uh, like you know the movie uh, Roots, Kuta Kente, that we still had some type of grasp of who we were, some type of, of of something going on back then. But look how watered down to where now we fight and love this country. We are so entrenched with being, with the American mentality that now now we're voting, now we're Democrats, we're Republicans, we we we, we believe in Trump. We believe in, in democracy. We believe in, in, in the whole nine, the whole King Kabuto from 1802 up until today. We can imagine now, going from the time of the Greeks up to the time of Paul, how entrenched then were we in the, the Greco-Roman society, the Greco-Roman mentality, the Greco-Roman influences that was going on at that, at that time. I, that's all I want to touch on, bro. I'm going to give it back to you. It's yours. No doubt. Uh, it's the water. Um, so tell them what we're reading from you. Uh, okay. Second Maccabees chapter 4 and verse 13. Mm-hmm. Now such was the height of Greek fashion, an increase of heathenish manners. An uh, increase of what? Heathenish manners. Once again, y'all, the word heathen means Gentile. So this could easily be transferred to Gentile-nish <laughs> manners. The Gentiles in question, the heathens in question, or the Greeks right here. So you had Israelites that was rolling like Greeks, that was acting like heathens, pagans, running around uncircumcised. Read. To the exceeding profaneness of Jason, that ungodly wretch, and no high priest. Man, I love this verse because whoever wrote this, this brother meant that. (laughs) They said, man, that nigga, ungodly wretch, he wasn't no high priest either. This brother, he got emotional right here. You felt this. Read. That the priests had no courage to serve anymore at the altar, but despising the temple. They what? Despising the temple. They despised anything that had to do with the Most High. The temple? Read. And neglecting the sacrifices, hastened to be partakers of the unlawful allowance in the place of exercise. It was, was it lawful to, to be working out in the gym naked? Unlawful. Unlawful. Read. After the game of discus called them forth. And they were playing what? Disc. You know the game that they played still in the Olympics centuries later? Read. Not setting by the honors of their fathers. The, the honors of our fathers is what? Keeping the law. Keeping circumcision. Those were the honors of our forefathers. Read. But liking the glory of the Grecians, best of all. They like the glory of who? The Grecians. 
our people were Hellenized. Paul is talking to Hellenized Israelites. Timothy was not circumcised because his daddy was what? Hellenized. Timothy grew up how? Hellenized. Like the scripture says, you shall be discontinued from your heritage. We were discontinued from it. Now let's get Acts chapter 11. We're going to start at verse 1. Acts chapter 11 and verse 1. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of the Most High. Now, for y'all mind go there, which Gentiles is this talking about? Those that were Hellenized. Those that grew up like damn Greeks and other nations. This is who it's talking about. I'm going to prove it, read. So read it again. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of the Most High. Mm-hmm. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended, contended with him. When it says they of the circumcision, who was of the circumcision? Those Israelites that were circumcised. They had beef with Peter. We're going to find out why. Read. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city so of... So Peter told them the story of what had happened. We're going to get into that. Now, let's let's let this go, and let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to go back to Ephesians 2, and I want, want us to read verse 11 again. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh. Gentiles in the what? In the flesh. Read. Who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision. So it's these same Gentiles that's talked about in Acts the 11th chapter. They were called Gentiles because they were what? Not circumcised. These were Israelites that were Hellenized, that grew up like Greeks. They weren't circumcised. I hope everybody's seeing this. Now, to prove this, <laughs> I want you to read. Uh, yeah, read this right here. And you can start right there, right at the top. Tell me where you're reading from. Circumcision, a history of the world's most controversial surgery by David L. Gulliher. Male circumcision is the most commonly performed surgical operation in the United States. Now it is. Read on. Data for the 1996 reveals that no less than 60% of all U.S. male infants were circumcised. In contrast, the rest of the industrialized world have much lower rates of circumcision. So the rest of the world have lower rates of circumcision. Hope y'all understand it. And me, all the other nations got lower rates. Read. In Britain, circumcision is performed only for religious reasons or to correct defined medical conditions. How then are we to account for such a large difference? Now, when it says religious reasons, it's talking about the nominals who, who refer to themselves as Jewish, 
they circumcise themselves. And also, remember, the Muslims, by way of Ishmael, right? That's who it's talking about, religious reasons, and they talk about health reasons, because they discovered that that foreskin around your Johnson holds a lot of germ and bacteria, and to alleviate that, cut it off. Get the circumcised. Get the circumcision. Read on. The strength of U.S. historian David Gallagher's approach is that he locates circumcision practices throughout the ages within their social and anthropological context. What emerges is a highly readable account of how circumcision was viewed by such diverse groups as the ancient Greeks. Now, this is how circumcision was viewed by who? The ancient Greeks Read. and the medieval church. Read on. The Greeks abhorred, abhorred circumcision. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did it say about the Greeks and circumcision? The Greeks abhorred circumcision. The word abhorred means hate. They hated circumcision. We already got that out of the Apocrypha. Read. As they constituted a mutilation of the body, and the medieval church devoted much debate to the vexed question of whether Christ recovered his foreskin on his ascension to heaven. Now, religion would be having some dumb, dumbass debates. Did, did Christ keep his foreskin after he was resurrected and went back to death? I won't even honor that. We're talking about it no more. What I, what I want to pull out here is how the Greeks hated circumcision. So you know, when you see in the New Testament, Paul talking to these supposed Greeks, these were not Israelites. These were not Israelites. They were Israelites who grew up like Greeks. Because why? The Greeks hated circumcision. They looked at it as mutilation. I hope everybody's seeing this. Let's get Genesis chapter 17, verse 14. Genesis 17 and 14. And the uncircumcised man-child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. This is how we felt about not being uncircumcised. You would be cut off from your people. We kept this mentality all the way up to the New Testament. This is why you read and we don't get those chapters about how Paul was constantly going to war with circumcised Israelites about the uncircumcised Israelites. Is that it? He had broken my covenant. And this was a breaking of God's covenant. All right. Now let's get, uh, where was we at? Where was we at? Let's go to Judges now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, Genesis 34 and 14. Genesis 34 and verse 14. Cause, and the reason I pulled that article out was to see how the rest of the world viewed circumcision. All right? Tells you that the Greeks hated it, and other nations were not circumcised, y'all. Because I, I did some research, man, and I had to just stop because the research I was doing was contradictory to what the Bible said about circumcision. We know that we were the only circumcised people besides Abraham's son, Ishmael, and the kids that he had with the Torah. All right? Now read this. Genesis 34 and 14. And they said unto them, We cannot do this thing. Now, 
This is, I believe this was Levi and Simeon. Yeah. Levi and Simeon, their sister, uh, what was her name? Diana? Diana. 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 She uh, was basically took by this Hamite dude who ends up marrying her. And uh, Levi and Simeon was not cool with that at all. At all. First of all, it was another nation. And this dude didn't get nobody permission. He just made this move. So Jacob, our forefather, had a meeting with this dude's uh, father, and he was like, um, he had made arrangements to uh, give the wedding his blessing. Now, this is the aftermath of this. Read. And they said unto them, we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised. This dude was what? Uncircumcised. He was not circumcised. So you see how the Israelites viewed circumcision? Like, no, nah, dude, you ain't circumcised. And you a nation. Read on. For that were a reproach unto us. He said, that is a shame. It's a shameful. You don't give our, our sister to some uncircumcised dude. Now let's get Judges 14 to 3. Judges 14 and 3. Then his father and his mother said unto him, is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren? No. This is Samson's parents. He says, man, why can't you choose a woman out your own nation? Read. Or among all my people mm-hmm. that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? <laughs> the uncircumcised Philistines, the Africans. Why are you dealing with them? I want us to see the history of us and how we view circumcision. Now get Judges 15, 18. And he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. Now this is Samson speaking. Read. And now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? He said, man, am I going to die and fall into the hands of these uncircumcised dudes? He's talking about the Philistines once again. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth the Philistine? Now, this is when Goliath was out calling all of Israel out. Say, come fight me, come fight me. Nobody wanted to fight him. So this is David saying, hey, man, what's going to happen to the one that go out and fight this dude? Read. And taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He said, who is this what? Uncircumcised Philistine. He was uncircumcised. He wasn't of our nation. It was shameful. To have an uh, uh, uncircumcised nation calling us out, nobody defended our honor. David was going. David was going to be the man to do that. Let's get Exodus chapter four now. Exodus four and sort of verse twenty-five. This is the dead horse I was talking about, y'all. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone. And cut off the foreskin of her son. 
Now, this is Moses' wife. She cut the foreskin off her son, meaning what? She circumcised him. Read. And cast it at his feet. She threw the skin at Moses. Read. And said, surely a bloody husband art thou to me. She called him a bloody husband. She was mad at him because apparently somehow Moses forgot to circumcise his kid, which was an Israelite. You see how we view circumcision? This is a very important topic. Acts chapter 7, verse 8. Yes. Acts 7 and 8. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision. It's talking about our forefather Abraham. He was given the covenant of circumcision. We just read it in Genesis chapter 17. See how the Bible's one book, y'all? Read. And so Abraham begat Isaac and circumcised him the eighth day. And Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. So if Isaac got circumcised, you know damn well Jacob got circumcised. And Jacob circumcised all his kids. Now, let's get Philippians. I hope this is right. Hold on, let me go there first, y'all. Because <laughs> I've seen this in my notes before, and it was incorrect. I don't know why I want to keep pulling on Philippians. Let me see if it's right this time, y'all. <laughs> oh, it's actually right this time, y'all. All right, cool. Philippians chapter 3. <laughs> verse four. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. Now this is Paul speaking. He said, I might have confidence in the flesh, in my flesh, read. If any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. He said, I trust in the flesh more. He's talking about reputation. Because you had Israelites that was boasting. And you're gonna find what they was boasting about, read. Circumcised the eighth day. They were boasting about being circumcised. That's why Paul said, man, I got confidence in my flesh more than you. I was circumcised the eighth day too. Read. Of the stock of Israel. <laughs> yep, read. Of the tribe of Benjamin. Even gives his tribe, read. And Hebrew of the Hebrews. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. My brother, brother, read. As touching the law of Pharisee. <laughs> so Paul definitely knew the law. Now let's go back to Acts chapter 11. And we're going to start at verse 1. Acts 11 and 1. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of the Most High. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. So they was beefing with Peter. Thou wentest in to men uncircumcised. You did what, Peter? Wentest in to men uncircumcised. Because remember, we didn't deal with uncircumcised people. We didn't deal with nations. So they they they, they pissed at Peter because he dealt with who they proclaimed as being nations, these Israelites that was uncircumcised. Read. And didn't eat with them. And you sat down and ate with these fools too? You knew they was uncircumcised? Let's get Acts chapter 10. Let's find out what they're talking about. Acts 10 and 25. This is a, a very controversial chapter that I've heard countless people debate over. 
Acts 10, we're going to start at verse 25. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him. He's talking about old Cornelius from the Italian band. I'll tell you that in verse 1. The Italian band, people see that, oh, he was, he was Italian. No, this dude wasn't Israelite, y'all. Who grew up, I guess, maybe in Italy. I don't know. I ain't did the research. But we all already seen how our people were Hellenized and uncircumcised because of that Hellenization. This is one of those people right here. Read it again. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. So he had this Israelite meeting this other Israelite, Peter, and he starts worshiping Peter. And Peter says what? Read. But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. Don't worship me. I'm a man like you. So, <laughs> H-N-I-C. I ain't the home of the truth. <laughs> I, ain't the, the, I ain't the one that the most high God gave the vision. <laughs> he said, I'm just a man like you. And this is Peter, y'all, the one that that Christ said uh, he gave he gave the keys to the kingdom, <laughs> the chief disciple. <laughs> anyway, read on. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. So he found many Israelites in his new house. Read. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an awful unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. Now, this is Peter saying, I'm a Jew and it's unlawful for me to be here. He calls them what? Another nation. He basically called these brothers Gentiles. But we know that these brothers is Israelites who grew up uncircumcised grew up in idolatry, but now it seems that they've got their act together and they they want to serve Yahweh Shai, they want to worship Christ. So Christ had Peter go deal with him. Now we already got how we feel about the other nations. I already went through, through those classes. The Most High even said that the nations were spittle. He said they was a drop in the bucket. They're insignificant. So how all of a sudden in the New Testament, he's sending people to go deal with them. That would not be consistent with the narrative of the Bible. It would be contradictory, y'all. And we know the most how does not, I repeat, does not contradict himself. Read on. But God has shewed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now, why would he call these men unclean? Because they were uncircumcised. <laughs> I hope y'all see this. They were Hellenized Israelites who were not circumcised. So they were considered unclean. That's why they was tripping because Peter sat down and ate with them. Because in their mind, Peter was going to be clean until the evening. Because that's the law of being unclean. You can go back to Leviticus, the 13th chapter, the, the 14th chapter, the 15th chapter. Even the 12th chapter talks about being unclean. Certain things that you would be unclean if you did. So according to Israelite law, Peter was unclean to send down with uncircumcised people. Now let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6.
Ephesians 2 and uh, what verse was it? Uh, 11, 2 and 11, Ephesians 2 and 11. We're going to read down a bit. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, uncircumcised, read, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand. I hope y'all see, man, we had to do all of this to come and get this one verse and to get some edification. You see how you can't read the Bible like a novel? Prees up upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Read on. That at that time you were without Christ. So at that time, when you was Gentiles in the flesh, meaning what? Idolatry, being uncircumcised, you were what? Without, without Christ. Christ. You didn't have Yahweh Shai. Now listen to what listen to what it says. Read. Being alien. From the commonwealth of Israel. <laughs> Being what? Aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Now, y'all, in verse 11, is he, if he's actually talking about nations, then why would Paul come back in verse, verse 12 and say y'all was alien from the commonwealth of Israel? That would make no damn sense. Y'all were estranged, I was going to say that, from y'all people. Read on. And strangers from the covenants of promise. Strangers? Come on, man. What covenants of promise? Hold this, man. I ain't have no attention to getting this, but it just hit me. Let's go to Romans, man. I quoted this. Let's get it. Let's go to Romans chapter 9. Go to verse 1. Romans 9 and 1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren. For my who? My brethren. Read. My kinsmen. My kinsmen. My what? Slow down. My kinsmen, my kinfolks, according to what? The flesh. The spirit. Flesh. No, I, I want. I came to gather all nations. The flesh. I wish I was a curse for the nations. It says according to the flesh. Who is this kin, folks? According to the flesh, verse four. Who are Israelites? No, it's all the nations. Israelites. Read. To whom pertaineth the adoption? Who does the adoption pertain to? Israelites. This adoption is us being adopted back to the Most High through Christ. That pertains only to the Israelites. Read. And the glory. The glory of the Most High. Read. And the covenant. So the glory, the kingdom that's coming, that only pertains to Israelites. It says, and the covenant, covenant meaning the contract that he made with who? Israelites. With the Israelites. And the giving of the law. Oh, come on, man. Read. And the service of the Most High. Read. And the promises. All the promises of us what? Getting salvation. Getting a kingdom. was promised to only the Israelites. Not the other nations. Let's go back to these seasons, man. What verse are we in? Let's 
Um, verse 12. Ephesians 2 and 12. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise. Which covenants did we just read? He talking about the ones we just read about in Romans chapter 9. Read. Having no hope and without the most high in the world. <laughs> Having no hope and without the Father, because why? We were into idolatry. We were pagan. This is why he said we have no hope. Read on. But now in Christ Jesus, ye, who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. What the hell do you mean far off? <laughs> we were scattered. We grew up like Gentiles. That's how we was far off. Read on. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Look at the terminology he's used. For he is our our, who hath made both one. Both of what? Northern kingdom, southern kingdom. His, this is his history he's talking about. Believers in Christ, non-believers in Christ. One. Read. He said, and have broken down the middle wall partition between us. There was a beef between northern and southern kingdom. There was a beef between Israelites that believed in Christ and Israelites that didn't. Read on. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Now, let's talk about abolishing. What Christ abolished was condemnation. You didn't have to die for your sins. That's what he abolished. Read. For to make in himself of twain. To make in himself of what? Twain. Twain means two. Read. One new man. His, Christ's goal was to bring the Israelites that were scattered, that was divided, that were separated, northern kingdom, southern kingdom, back together, but new, not the same people that was into idolatry, that didn't believe. Read. So making peace. Read on. And that he might reconcile both. He might reconcile who? Both. People don't read. What the, who the hell is this both? Northern kingdom, southern kingdom. Non-believers, believers. Read. Unto the Most High, in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Having slain the enmity that we have with each other. Circumcised, uncircumcised. I hope y'all are seeing this. Let's get Ezekiel. Hold this. Get Ezekiel chapter 37. This is what Paul is talking about right here, man. This is prophecy. Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to start at verse 15. Ezekiel 37 and 15. The word of the Lord came again unto me. Now, now this, this whole chapter is dealing with the valley of the dry bones. Now, this is towards the end of the chapter. Read it from the top again. The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it, for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Now, when it's talking about the stick, it's not talking about it like a stick you hold in your hand. It's talking about a plank of wood. And he said, write for Judah. I mean, write the tribes of Judah, southern kingdom, on this stick, and then do what? He says, and for the children of Israel, 
the northern kingdom, write their names on this stick as well. Read. Then take another stick and write upon it. For Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, mm-hmm. and for all the house of Israel, his companions. Northern kingdom, southern kingdom. Read. And join them one to another. And do what? Join them one to another. Join them together. This is what Paul's talking about in Ephesians. Being one again. Read. Into one stick. Read home. And they shall become one in thine hand. Read. And when the children of thy people shall speak unto thee, saying, Wilt thou not shew us what thou meanest by thee? So people going to see these this sign, also known as the 12 tribe chart, who you niggas be hating on, they going to see it and say what? Wilt thou not shew us what thou meanest by these? Show us what this means. Because we what? We damn Gentiles. <laughs> we, we, we grew up like Americans. We don't know who we are. Because the first thing we say when, we, when we're shown the Bible, well, I thought we was the Gentiles. <laughs> so this is why the 12 tribe chart is so important. So we might know who the hell we are. Am I saying that that's all Israel in that tribe? No. But it's a, a beautiful outline beginning. Because we know we're scattered throughout the four corners. So there are many more Israelites. The 12 tribe chart is incomplete. But it's a great beginning for us here in the Western Hemisphere. Read. Say unto them, thus saith the Most High, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel his fellows, and will put them with him. So it talks about the, the hand, in the hands of Ephraim. Because the, the northern kingdom was led by Ephraimite named Jeroboam. He was the head. So that's why it's mentioned Ephraim. And he's from the tribe of Ephraim. Read. Even with the stick of Judah and make them one stick. So the make, southern kingdom and make them one. Read. And they shall be one in mine hand. Read on. And the stick whereon thou writest shall be in thine hand before their eyes. It all all of Israel going to see this. Read. And say unto them, thus saith the Most High, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen. From where? From among the heathen. From where? Among the heathen. Finish him. (laughs) Read it again. And say unto them, excuse me, and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen. Whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side, and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. He's going to make us once again one nation, not to be divided again. Read. And one king shall be king to them all. Christ, Yahawashai. Read. And they shall be no more two nations. Read. No more two nations. But you have to know the history to understand this. Read. Neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. At all. Now let's go back to Ephesians. I'm sorry. What verse are we in? 323. Ezekiel 1623. Verse 23. Mm-hmm. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols. We ain't, ain't going to be idolaters no more. It's what Paul was saying. He's saying the exact same thing. Read. Nor with their detestable things. 
Read. Nor with any of their transgressions. Read on. But I will save them out all their dwelling places, wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. Finish him. Now let's go to St. John chapter 1 and verse 11, man. People don't read the Bible, y'all. So, in Ephesians, Paul's talking about northern kingdom, southern kingdom. But he's also talking about believers and non-believers. Read. John chapter 1, verse 11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But he is talking about Christ. And this is what religious folks like to say. They, they try to use this to say, so the Israelites rejected Christ, so salvation was spread to all the nations. That is not true. It says he came to his own, and his own received him not, but they don't read verse 12. Read. But as many as received him. So I'm showing you what? That a lot of us did receive Christ. And because of this, read. To them gave he power to become Read. Even to them that believe on his name. Let's get First uh, John chapter 3 and start of verse 6. God. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. No, no, no. Three and six. Uh, Start at one. First John three and one. Mm-hmm. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of the Most High. Now, what did it say in uh, Saint John one eleven? As many as believed on him, gave he them power to become the sons of God. This is what's being expressed here in John. Read it again. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of the Most High. No doubt. Why? Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of the Most High, and it does not appear, it does not yet appear, what we shall be. Why are we called the sons of the Most High? Because we believe in Son Christ, Yahweh Shai, y'all. That's why. This is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 2. Go back there real quick and read uh, verse 15 again, 15 and 16, and we're going to finish up from there, y'all. We'll finish up with that. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself a twain, one new man, so making peace. Southern kingdom, northern kingdom, non-believers, believers. Read. And that he might reconcile both unto the Most High in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. All right, cool, y'all. We're going to stop right there, man. I think this is a good stopping place. Um, the water Mashaba for uh, your input on the show today, brother, tonight, this evening, brother, and... For hooking up the broadcast um, And so while for everybody tuning in And supporting Blog Talk Radio um, And with that y'all You guys think Arkai you want to say Shalom Alright with that y'all we're going to say Shalom 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.